And you know, so often the, we can get carried away with getting, just being, being enamored with the world and looking at all of the things that the world seems to give us. But if we have Christ, we have everything. You agree with that, church tonight? We, if we have Christ, we have everything. And I'm thankful that you know we we don't need any more than that, and we're privileged as a really as a people to know our Savior. Uh, we're going to turn to First Timothy this evening and get straight into the um, continuation of our series this, uh, this evening. And uh, again, if you're a guest of our church, glad to see you, glad to, um, to have you here tonight. And thank you, church, for being faithful. Um, but uh, we're going to continue reading here in, um, in chapter 4. And last week we looked at just the way we ought to combat and, and be prepared for the latter times. And, and this whole chapter speaks about those, uh, those characteristics, but then also those spirits that, that we ought not to take heed to during these times. And, and the warning that many shall depart from the faith. And so we looked at then a stark contrast. And, and really, firstly, it was given to Timothy as the preacher to, to really to stand in stark contrast. To, to, the, to the departure of the faith, to stay true to the things of the Word of God. We see that there in verse 6. But then also the, the uh, exhortation and, and really the encouragement to us as believers to then exercise ourselves rather unto godliness. And the way we're going to combat the departure from the faith is if we would exercise ourselves unto godliness. And we saw, saw in verse 8 there a contrast. He was saying in, in, when it comes to bodily exercise, we prepare ourselves so that we can have a level of health and fitness. And there's, a, there's little profit in that. But in contrast to that, we see that godliness profiteth unto all. There's great profiting to be done because of if we would exercise ourselves rather unto godliness. So the, the thought continues here in verse 9. He says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself, and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing, in this, uh, in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Let's pray. We'll ask the Lord to help us as we... Get into the passage tonight. Father, thank you again for your grace, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity that we have to be able to open your word. And, and Lord, we, we count it a joy uh, to be able to, to be in this place, to be able to carry your word with us, to be able to open it. And then, Lord, by your Spirit's enabling, to enable us to, to learn it and grow from it, dear God. And we do thank you, dear Lord, that you are a God who is faithful, Lord God, to uh, meet us at our point of need. And Lord, indeed, in our day-to-day, -day, Lord, we, we need your, your instruction. We need your word more and more. And so I pray that you'd help us to pay attention, Lord, to the things that you would have us to learn tonight. 
And bless our folks. Bless each one that's been faithful to come tonight. And we give you the glory and praise in Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. So we see in verse 9 that he, he uses this term, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. And, and in fact, he uses it in different places in Scripture. He already said it in chapter 1, verse 15. He, he'll say it uh, again in, in 2 Timothy and even in Titus. But, but that, that term, this phrase is used by the Apostle Paul to affirm what should be a commonly held belief. And so he's about to say something here. And if you look at those references that, that, um, that this, uh, this phraseology is used, it's always used in connection to something, a truth about Jesus Christ. And by the way, tonight, you know, we could learn about a different truth, but the greatest truth that we learn is really the central person of the whole Bible. And it's not us folks tonight. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so as, as he goes through this, he's going to again speak about in connection to our godliness in verse 10. So he's about to say, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. So he's saying, pay attention. This should be a commonly held belief. And he says this, for therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach. He says, because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those that believe. And so he's, he's about to, he says that thing that this is a commonly held belief. And here's what he's saying. You know, if we're going to exercise godliness, we're going to do so in laboring and in suffering. We're going to do that in reproach. So in contrast to how the world is, is one against the truth, but then even those who claim the name of Christ and claim to be in Christendom are departing from the faith and from the truth. He's saying, if you're going to do that, you're going to do so laboring and suffering reproach. And we all already understand that, that if we were to live authentic Christian lives, that we would be far different to the world around us, correct? We, we would suffer reproach like the Lord Jesus did. We would be someone that would stick out from the crowd. And he, he says this because we trust in the living God. And too often we... We look at the, the, the trend of today. We look at how, how things are headed. And it could so easily be that we trust in the day that we live in and we trust in the circumstance and we trust in the general direction that everyone is going. But he's saying here in contrast to that, we ought to trust in the living God. We, we ought to exercise ourselves unto godliness. And in that sense, he says, you're going to do that laboring and suffering reproach. So in your doing... When, when, when we would exercise ourselves unto godliness, it will result in suffering reproach. Meaning that, w that we will, in both our doing of it and the result of it, we will be reproached to the world. We will be in the same, uh, the same uh, boat and in the same uh, capacity as the Lord Jesus Christ who was looked upon as a reproach. And then he says this, uh, because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men. And aren't you glad that, that Christ is for all? Aren't you glad that, that God's mentality is that not only some, but He is for all? That His mentality is that, he, that, 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 that the, the will of God and in His desire that all would be saved. But we understand and then He clarifies, especially of those that believe. See, the, the reality is Christ is the Savior of all mankind. But He's only the Savior if you accept Him and you believe in Him. And tonight, I hope that's you. I hope that you've trusted the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior. And, and I like that at the end, there's specially of those that believe. And I'm glad that, I'm glad that many here that, 
Uh, as I look around, you have a testimony of ones that have believed. And so he's saying there again, this is a faithful saying. And then we move on and look at verse 11. He says, these things command and teach. So again, verse 11 is like, uh, like verse 6. It's a reminder to put, uh, put the brethren in remembrance. He's saying, teach these things. Make sure you command these things. It's a reminder like verse 6 to Timothy to teach uh, what the, those, these things that Paul was mentioning to his son in the faith, Timothy. And the emphasis here is that it is to be taught and commanded. Saying godliness. Saying those things about Christ. He's saying those things that we, I just spoke about, about the latter times. He says these things teach and command. And so we, we see that there in verse 11. These things command and teach. But then he sort of changes gear here in verse 12. And um, he, he gives a reminder really to the, to the preacher. He gives a reminder to Timothy. And I hope we're awake tonight. I hope we're listening. But he, he's giving a reminder to the preacher. Notice again here in verse 12. He's, he's now going to refer to, to Timothy again. He says, Let no man despise thy youth. He says, But be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. And, and uh, I don't know about you, I, I love lists. I'm a list guy. All right, generally, when I, when I look at my, my morning schedule, what I do is I, I review it in the, uh, as, I, as I head off to work. And then I like to make lists, re- whether it's on my phone or literally in my mind, I'm making lists. And here, God gives a list. He gives several lists. He gives these two lists that we just read about here. And He's saying here, let no man despise that youth, but be thou an example. And here's a list that He's going to give to Timothy of, of ways that you can be an example in the church. And the issue here that was being highlighted by the Apostle Paul in his instruction to Timothy was this, um, that he was a young man. And I want to I encourage you, especially some of you who are, are young men who are called to ministry, if you want to have a good reputation, if you want to be someone that is going to be proven for the ministry, then you ought to pay attention especially to this list. Because this list will, will outline for you the areas wherewith you will be an example, wherewith you will be proven, wherewith you will be, you will be looked on in regard to your future calling. Because he's saying here to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. And he's going to remind the, the preacher here, in, in this case, Timothy, that there's some things that he needs to be an example of in the, regarding the believers, amongst the believers. He says, let no man despise thy youth. And, and, and again, Timothy was still a young man when in, upon this writing. And, you know, if you, you study the word youth in the Bible, we look at youth in a, in a bit of a different light in comparison to the Bible. Uh, when we think of youth, we think of children. We think of teenagers. We, we may even think about young adults. But, but in, the, in the Scriptures, when we're speaking about youth, it could be someone that's between 30 to 40 years old. And, and when you look at the example of, uh, of different, um, different people in the Old Testament, particularly David, we think about David when, when he came up to Saul. And Saul looked at David and said, you're but a youth. Many people would say that, you know, we, we often use that, that kind of preaching to preach to our teenagers, right? 
But you know, when, when Saul was saying to David, you're but a youth, many people say that David was at least in his 30s at that point. And so if you're in your 30s and you're feeling old, the Bible calls you youth. All right? that's, a good, that's good news for me because I'm 37. All right? And, and, and you just, just remember to define things biblically, all right? Then you'll be in a, you'll be in a good place. But he's saying here to, to still in a, a relatively young pastor and a young man, let no man despise thy youth. So he says, don't let anyone cause that, don't let that be a cause of, of despising about you. And so he's warning him, he's saying, you're still a young man, Timothy, and, and, but don't let anyone use that as an excuse to question the calling that I have for you, the calling that God has for you. Because later on, he's going to instruct him, don't neglect the gift that is in you. In you. That, that, was, that was given you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. And, and so he's, he's telling him, you know, uh, something to, to Timothy. He's saying, let no man despise thy youth. See, Timothy was still a young man, and Paul wanted to exhort him not to allow that in his own life to be a hindrance. Someone once said this, youth is a wonderful thing. What a crime to waste it on children. And, you know, we all appreciate youth, I think. We, we love the fact that, you know, they have lots of energy, and we love the fact that they, they bring life to, the, uh, to a congregation. And I'm glad that, you know, amongst us and, and a good number in our church are young people. I'm glad for that church. Are we awake tonight? Or is it just me here tonight? Um, let's, let's, let's just uh, remember that, that God, in his, uh, in his goodness to us as a church, He's allowed us to have youth over the years. And I'm glad for that. I'm glad that we, we get a continuation of that. But, you know, too often the, there's, a, there's a real reason to despise youth. In our world today, you know, you, you look at, uh, we were just at the shops this afternoon. We went over to get a coffee. And there was, a, there was three young girls. And they were, they were causing a muck for, for that, uh, for glory jeans over there. And they wanted, they were, they wanted um, some cookies and they were trying to get it for free. They, these were probably girls that were around 13 years old. And so they were trying to get it for free. And, and of course, uh, the, the shop owner there, some of us know Know her? She said, "No, you need to pay for that." And, you know, they came back and they said, "Oh, well, you said you can. We need to pay for it. Give us some money then." And they just had this mentality, and you know, you look at that, and, and perhaps they were lost. Perhaps they didn't know better. But but sometimes there's reasons to despise youth. There's immaturity when it comes to youth. There's some things that they that you know at times because of that immaturity and, and lack of self discipline, you know, they're just annoying at times. They just say things and do things that make no sense. They say things and do things that they have no reason for. And he's saying to Timothy here, don't be that kind of youth. Don't let, let no man despise thy youth. Don't give him reasons to despise you. Don't give him reasons to, to blame your immaturity, you know, their, their perception of you. And, and the world often gives us a reason to despise youth. But, you know, God over history has used youth to make a difference. And again, David didn't allow his youth to stop him. And beyond this, the challenge for us here as we consider this scripture is, is how to be an example. Because if you look at this list, th these aren't just things that, that are inherent in young people. Actually, they're inherent in people in general. So, so don't tune out tonight if you're, you're saying, well, 
Pastor, you offended me tonight because now I'm not youth. All right? You said only 30 to 40, and I'm over 40, well past 40, and now you're saying I'm not young. All right? I didn't say that. You can still be young. All right? You can still feel young, but the Bible defined that. So you can argue with God. All right? But, but again, we, we look at this, and this is really instructive for us as ministers but instructive for us as believers in how we ought to be an example tonight. How we ought to be examples to each other. How we're meant to, and again, the big, the big, uh, the big theme in the book of 1 Timothy is how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God. How are we to be an example to each other? How are we meant to, meant to show forth who we are in Christ to one another? And really, that's the list. We see here then six ways that we do that. And we're going to define it uh, just as we go, firstly, in word. Notice there, verse 12, Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word. In word. And really, in word is, is here in this instance speaking about how we speak. How we talk. How we talk to each other. And, and you know, many times... How we tell a child is by how they speak. Even the Apostle Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, when I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. And so we understand there's a difference between how a child speaks, how a youth speaks, and, the, and, and how, how, um, how those who are mature speaks. But he's saying here, you know, even in your youth, be an example in word, in how you speak. Uh, and and there's, there's some things that we understand about our speech. Of, of course, it's produced by the tongue. And so let's look at James chapter 3. James chapter 3 tonight. And notice verse 1, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. And he says this, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. That word perfect there means mature. And able also to bridle the whole body. We know the rest. He, he gives, gives illustrations in verse 3. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths, but that they may obey us and we turn about their whole body. Behold also the ships which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things, Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. He's saying there this little member can cause so much potentially damage, can, can steer so much of our direction. And so he exhorts Timothy then. He exhorts Timothy to be an example in word. I wonder if we're, we've got our little members, this tongue under control. I wonder when, when opportunity when opportunity presents itself, I wonder if you would speak an encouraging word rather than a critical word. I wonder when opportunity presents itself, do we use our, our tongues to bless God or do we use it to curse others? I wonder when, when the opportunity comes, do we use our tongues to speak truth, words of truth, or do we speak words of dishonesty? And he's saying to, to Timothy, you know, be an example in word. 
what, what words come out of our mouths? What words do we produce out of our hearts? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. See, the Bible exhorts us in Colossians 4, 6, let your speech be always with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer every man. And you know, so often we're, we're, we can be flippant with our words. We're not selective. We're not, we're not speaking appropriately. And we, we just allow our words to to come out as if unthought, and yet the Bible tells us that God will judge us for every idle word. And He's saying to this, this young pastor, and He's saying to us as believers, how are we going to be example? Firstly, in word. In word. We can be such a blessing and such a curse with our words. You know that saying, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Actually, words do hurt. Actually, words, when spoken ill-advisedly, will cause ill, will cause damage. There's many grown up who, who through, through, through circumstances in their lives, were, were verbally abused. And because of that, they're still dealing with issues, still dealing with hurts. And so often when it comes to our conversations, I wonder if we're guarded. I wonder if we're an example in our word. And earlier on, he spoke about refusing some things. Remember that? He says, refuse profane and old wives' fables. You know what those are? Those were just, again, those were words. Those are stories made up. And he's saying refuse those. And I think it's a good connection there when it comes to being an example in word. He's saying, don't repeat those things that are erroneous. Don't speak those things that are, are, are gossip and, and those things that are untrue. And boy, how, how, how easily we can buy into that. Right, church? We can so easily repeat gossip. We can so easily repeat things that are untrue. And he's saying, be an example this way. Be an example in word. And notice the next thing. Go back to 1 Timothy. Notice the next thing. Let no man despise thy youth. Be an example of the believers in word. But then the next thing is in conversation. Now, here in this, uh, the, the definition of the word conversation here is really your manner of life. It's your behavior. It's how, how you behave. It, it's, your, it's, it's your lifestyle, our, our manner of life. And what he's saying here is, is be an example in your manner of life, how you conduct yourself. And again, we can see that in, in children at times, the, the immaturity brings out in them, and we excuse that sometimes because, boy, they're children. But he's saying, you know, amongst the brethren, you know, especially you, Timothy, your, your behavior, your, your manner of life, your, your, your personal conduct ought to be one that is, that is an example See, uh, sometimes some things are better caught than taught. You know, sometimes we can say things, and you know what? We, we can so easily say the right things. But I wonder if our actions and our conduct be, betrays us. You know, we can say we're all for the church. We can say we're all for that person, but then in our way, the way we respond to them, the way we respond to things, we... Actually, our conduct betrays us. And he's saying to, to Timothy, he's saying, be an example in your conversation, in your manner of life. 
And you know, our manner of life ought to reflect God's working in us. See, the Bible tells us in Ephesians 4.22 that you put off concerning the former conversation. That's not the manner of speaking. He's saying your, your former life, the old man, which is corrupt according to deceitful lusts. So he's saying there that there's a, there's a certain manner of life that you had previous to salvation, but now you're saved. Now that you're a blood-bought child of God, there ought to be something different about you. Your, your manner of life should have changed. And he's saying, be an example that way. Be an example. Look, look at 1 Peter chapter 2. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. And, and notice verse 12, having your conversation honest among the Gentiles that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. You know, they might despise. He's saying there, you know, let your conversation, your manner of life be a good reflection to the Gentiles. Really what he was speaking to was those who are lost, those who are without Christ. And he's saying, you know, they might speak evil of you because of those things that you believe. But boy, when they see your conduct, your good works, your manner of life, man, they can't say a thing. And I think about Daniel, who was faithful in his day, who, who when it came down to it, when his enemies wanted to find something to accuse him of, could only accuse him of good things. You know, they knew he was going to pray. They knew he was going to do this. And, and his manner of life was an example even to his enemies and, and would to God tonight that our manner of life is a testimony to those that are without. And can I just implore you tonight, if you're not living like a Christian, please don't admit to it. Because you'll do more, to, uh, more harm to the cause of Christ than anything else. You know, famous people like Mahatma Gandhi said this, I would be a Christian if it weren't for the Christians. He was saying they're so hypocritical. You know, he, he loved the teachings of Christ and yet, he did not see Christ in Christ's believers, in Christ's followers. And I wonder if we would just take heed tonight that as we go about in our, in our walking together as a church, in our fellowship together, in our, in, our, in our times together, I wonder if they see Christ in us. I wonder if there's a manner of living that's an example in our conversation. But then notice the next thing. He says in, in word, in conversation, but then he also says in charity. In charity, and often we, we define the word charity as love in action. But actually, charity is love in motion. It's growing. It's maturing. It, it's, it's, it's moving forward. It's, it's progressing. Love, charity is love in motion. How are we doing in, um, in, in our love? Are we, is it a growing love? You know, in, in all those things that we, we do... It, is our love growing for the Lord? But really when it comes to charity, it's, it's about what we do with one another. Is our love for each other growing? You know, sometimes we, we, don't, we don't consider that, but you know, when you study charity, and we won't take the time, but in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, that, that chapter that we so often use during weddings and that about charity, really that's, a, that's, that's the... That's a culmination. You know, the previous to that in chapter 12, he says, I show you a better way. He says, those things, he said, you know what will last? Charity. The, the, the thing that is above all of that is charity. The Bible tells us that charity is the bond of perfectness. 
It's, it's this bond that, that causes maturity amongst us. And, and you know, there's a, there's, there's, a, there's a need for us to be, in this sense here, an example in charity. Charity is not just giving goods to the poor. Charity is how we're growing in our love for each other. Do we love like Christ loved? Do we love each other or are we unforgiving and bitter and easy to, easy to offend? Are we easy to then, to, you know, to, when we go through wounding at times, do we easily get bitter and, and be unforgiving? Because that's not how Christ loves. You know, we're supposed to forgive one another even as Christ forgave us. And so we see that, that, that charity is really love in motion. In fact, the, the, the Lord Jesus said this, By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. You know what the, 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 the marker for God's people is? It, it's, it's not holiness. Although the Bible says, Be holy, for I am holy. But specifically what Jesus said was this, If, you're, if the world's going to see that you're a follower of mine, it's your love for each other. It's your love for one another. And we can, we can say that all we want. But if it's, not, if it's not something we can behold, then actually we've fallen short. And so he's saying, be an example in your charity. And again, um, we won't take the time tonight, but God had a great emphasis on charity there in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. But he's saying to Timothy here, be an example in your charity. How's your charity? How's your love for, for one another? Is it growing? Do, do you love your brethren more this week than you did last week? It's hard to do that sometimes. You know why? Because we stuff up. Because sometimes we do say things that are dumb. <laughs> because we do make mistakes. Because none of us are perfect. Sorry to, blow your, uh, to, to burst your bubble tonight, but none of us here are perfect. And, and so because of that, he says, he gives us this, he says, have charity. Be, be an example in charity. You know, too often we hold to things. We hold on to things and we, we don't never let that go. But listen, charity doesn't do that. Charity endureth all things, hopeth all things, believeth all things. And so, so he's saying to Timothy, you know, be, be an example in charity. And then he says this, be in charity in spirit. In spirit. He's saying that in spirit is your attitude. It's your outlook on life Do do we keep our attitude in check? Now the Bible tells us this, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. That means this, he keeps his spirit in subjection. Keeps it under control. He doesn't, he doesn't come out of control. The only way we do that is if we, if we would be filled with the spirit, right? If we would allow the spirit of God to control our, our natural inhibitions. And, and so we see here that that. He's saying to Timothy, look, be an example in your spirit. And I wonder if we keep our, our spirit in check, our attitude in check. What, what kind of spirit do you have when we come together? What kind of spirit do you have when you, when you get challenged about something that you really don't want to be challenged about, like giving? What's your attitude there? Because it's easy to have a good attitude when it's all good. But when we're confronted with truth, that we don't necessarily like, and, and sometimes we're warned by God like we spoke about, and He gives us a negative at times, 
How's your spirit then? How's our spirit coming into our homes? How's our spirit when we deal with each other and, and sometimes we come to a disagreement? And, and you know, uh, none of us here again are perfect in that, but I hope we're growing in that. I hope that in our spirit, in our attitude to one another, in our attitude to life, that we, we are constantly being an example and we're growing in that. See, the Bible tells us in Proverbs 16.32, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh a city. And, and can you imagine the great strength it would take, the great, the great mind it would take, the great discipline it would take to take a city? You imagine Jericho, imagine you were there and the, the thickness of the wall and, and the, the scale, the height, the enormity of it. And he's saying here, if you rule your spirit, you're better than one that takes a city. And you know, so many times we, we let our spirit, we, we, we put our God down. And when things, irritations come, our spirit isn't right. You know, we're driving here, we're driving to church and um, if, if your family's like mine, sometimes we're running late. Anyone else? It must just be me tonight. All right, but, you know, you're running late. And, you know, you've got things to do. And I wonder how your spirit is. And I'll tell you what, there's been times I've had to get it right. There's been times where I parked over there and, you know, I've had to confess to the Lord. I didn't have to fake it. I just got right. You know? Some people, they're like, well, I'm not coming to church. I don't want to fake it. But listen, just get it right, all right? That's all you need to do. Just, just get it right. Confess it before the Lord and have a good spirit. <laughs> and come in with a, that kind of spirit. And he's saying, you know, be an example in your spirit, in your attitude. And, and wouldn't it be great to uh, church if, if we just came into the, the church house and every time we came, our spirit was just good. You know, no matter how, how our week was, our spirit was one that was trusting in God. That, that had an outlook of hope in God. Wouldn't it be great that, that uh, when we get together, the conversations and the things that we say, there's, a, there's an emanating spirit of faith. That'd be good. And it's possible. And he's saying here, be an example that way. But then notice the thing that we just said here, be, be an example not only in spirit, but also in faith. And here, it's speaking about faith in this sense, in believing and trusting God. And I think more and more today, we, we look at the negativities of our world and we need more, more Christians who will be people of faith. You know, that great list in, in Hebrews chapter 11, that, that great hall of faith, they were, we look at them as such extraordinary people, don't we? Look at some of their achievements and we sort of look at that and we go, boy, what, what people? You know what? They were normal people. They just had faith. It says, by faith, so-and-so did this. By faith, so-and-so did this. And so often, we, we don't go by faith. We go by sight. We, we, we judge the circumstances ba based on what we think. Not, not by faith, by how God wants us to see it. And we, ne we don't trust God in situations. We don't believe God in situations. And we, we fail in, in, our, in our ability to make an impact for God. Why? Because we are not examples of faith. You know, sadly... People have more faith in companies. They have more faith in products than sometimes they have faith in God. They, they, they speak about it, you can tell. They talk about it all day. They're, they're, they're little evangelists for their little brands. 
But when it comes to believing and trusting God, I wonder, I wonder if we're an example that way. I wonder if there's a challenge that's placed in front of you or in front of us. I wonder if we would trust God in faith. Because he's saying be, be an example that way. Be, be an example in believing and trusting God. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And we need to be an example of faith by showing that we trust God. By, by, by believing Him at His Word and, and trusting Him. But then the last thing He says here is in purity. He says, be an example in purity. And, and let me just pause here and say that, that we live in a day that is very much impure. You know, it just doesn't seem to be a week passes by, and particularly from, the, uh, from our brethren on the states, in the state side, where there's another scandal of this pastor doing this and that. And can I just tell you, it's disgusting. But listen, we live in that world where, where purity is not emphasized. You know, when, when God told the, the nation the, of Israel they were about to cross the Jordan, you know, what the, you know what the command was to Joshua? Sanctify yourselves. That word sanctify means be pure. Purify. You know, be, be pure in, in before God. Purity is just... Being clean, it's, it's freedom from corruption and has this idea that, that when it comes to our motives, when it comes to our, our manner of living, when it comes to all of those things that make all of us, that we are to be clean before God. And yet we understand that we can only do that through the blood of Christ. We can only do that as believers through Christ. But, but He offers, up, uh, offers us cleansing. The Bible says, sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy word is truth. The Bible tells us to be cleansed by His Word. And, and so often uh, when we uh, go through the impurity of life, we need the Word of God to show us those impurities. We need the Word of God to cleanse us again. And He's saying be an example in your purity. In 1 John 3.3, 3, And every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. To the pure all things are pure. It's got this idea of checking our actions and motives so that there is no corruption in our fellowship, in our manner of getting together. Later on in, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, we'll get to that in, in a, a, few, a few weeks here. But he speaks about then in chapter 5 some, some relationship things in the church. And, and part of that he wanted to make sure was built in to the relationships that we have one with another. He built in purity and, and in verse 2, chapter 5, verse 2, he says this to the, uh, to, to the church, the elder women as mothers. He's saying he, this is how you're treating them. The younger as sisters with all purity. And that's why, can I just speak candidly with our men tonight? You know, when we come into church, the mentality that we ought to have is we're meeting with the, our, the elder ladies as mothers and the younger women as sisters. All right, how would you treat your mom and your sister? That's how you should treat them, men. With respect and with dignity. And evil imaginations has no place. And impure thoughts has no place in the local church. In fact, in the life of a believer. But he, he builds into that, into this instruction in chapter 5. And, and again, because he's trying to protect the church. And he's saying, be an example in purity. He goes on in verse 22, there in, in chapter 5, Lay hands suddenly on no man, neither be partaker of other men's sins, 
keep thyself pure. And, and I know that's an instruction specifically to, to, uh, to pastors and to, to those who are in ministry, but really for all of us. He says, don't be a partaker of other sins. Don't condone that. You know, if the, you just, just keep yourself unspotted from, from the, the sins of others. And he's saying, keep yourself pure. And, and he's saying you have to have a great guarding and premium on your purity. And, and you ought to abstain from those things that will cause you to be impure. And, and so really, as we enter into a, a time this week where we're going to be together a lot, I wonder if how, how we will be in our example one to another. I wonder if we'd approach the week with a, an attitude of being example in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. And, and you know, as we go through this, um, you know, as we go through some of the other things that he speaks to Timothy about, he's going to say, you know, give attendance to some things. He's going to say, give attendance to reading, to, uh, to, to exhortation, to doctrine, and we'll, we'll, we'll go through that. And then he says to meditate upon these things. And you know what he's driving at? He's saying, you know, in a world that's departing from the faith, you can profit. He's saying you, you don't have to just survive. He's saying you can actually thrive. And, and church, listen, too many times, we as believers, we have an attitude of just surviving this world when God is saying thrive. When God is saying, bear fruit for me. When God is saying, you can be pr profitable in this time. And, and that's really what He's calling us to be. And, and I wonder, church, you know, if we would start with this. Could we just be an example? Could, could, we, just, could we just examine our own lives and go, I wonder if I may be an example. Can I, can I challenge some of you young people? Not just to turn up. Not just to do the norm. Can I challenge some of you, don't let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example to the believers. You know what I'd love to see? I would love to see our, all of our young people just be exemplary examples to one another. And some of you are like, well, that sounds boring. Well, you've missed it. <laughs> Listen, I, I wonder if you would be that. I wonder if you'd look at your life and examine that and, and allow the Spirit of God to show you, you know what, that area... You're not a great example. And I'll be honest with you tonight. I'll do that too. And I'm, I'm, I'm dead sure God will point some things out. Because I know no one's perfect. And, I, and you know, I'll be the first to say that, you know, there's, there's things I'm sure God will say, be more of an example that way. Shore that up. Make sure that, you know, in your life, that, that you would be an example that way. And, and I wonder if that would be us this week as we enter into a time, you know. Again, can I, can I encourage you? Be faithful in your place. Can, can you please just make sure that you're, you're here for Thursday night, Friday night. Come, come along Saturday. In fact, come along next Sunday. Just be here every, every night and take some time and let the Lord speak to us about this very important uh, matter of missions. And, and really it comes down to this. It's about us giving ourselves to God. It starts with us. All right, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you, Lord God, for uh, the opportunity tonight, Lord, just to look at a couple of verses in your word, but Lord, just powerful verses that, that speak about how we ought to be for you. And Lord, I pray that as we go into the week, that we would consider that, that Lord, we won't be 
the type of Christian that will just sort of gloss over that and think, well, I've got it all. Lord, none of us have got it all. Lord, all of us, if, if, if we're true believers, Lord, we're, we're constantly wanting to grow more and more like you. So I pray that you'd help us, dear God, to, to have that attitude this week. And then, Father, as we head into a week of missions, Lord, I pray that you do a mighty work. Lord, I, I desperately would ask for your spirit, Lord, to just be evident in every service. Lord, I pray for, for um, Brother Gondaman, Brother Shemish, Lord God, as they preach this week, as they minister to us. Would you just use them? Would you just prepare their hearts with the messages that you would have us to hear? And then I pray, Father, that, Lord, everyone here tonight, everyone here this morning, Lord, would just take the time to be here. And then, Lord, not just be here, but be all here. And I pray that you'd help us, Lord, this week. In Jesus' most precious, holy, wonderful name. Amen. All right, Brother Alden.